0: I've just about had enough of you.
1: I'm more the machine. A man without a I am at your disposal with 187 other languages along with
0: their various dialects and sub-tongues. Dialects and sub-tongues. Hello, and welcome to... Uh, very special, ooh, oh so secret, episode of 50 Years of Shit Robots. We're calling this episode a Sideborg episode, um, which is, I mean really, it's, it's to kind of go over things that we feel we might have missed um, in the episodes that we've already done or the information may have changed since then. Um, But essentially, it's just more delicious nuggets of filthy facts about some of the films that we have been chatting about. Um, So uh, together, as always, uh, me, Matt Brown and Stephen Murray. Okay, so our first sideborg is going to be for the film The Day the Earth Stood Still. Yeah, the 1951 one. The 1951 film, yeah. Not the 2008 Keanu Reeves spectacular. No. No. We've said quite enough about that film, I think. You're the brain box of this organisation. Your knowledge of films is, I mean, it's frightening, I think, is the best way I can describe it. Yes, I have basically... It's ridiculous. It's a little bit like, um, talking to you about films, is a little bit like turning on the radio. <laughs> radio 4, I hope. Radio 4, Yeah. Because you just know such a lot. So, um, but we, you did feel like you'd missed some stuff out from The Day the Earth is Still, right? Yeah, important stuff. Things important that, stuff. Uh, to put the film into perspective. So you've given me a series of, of prompts um, that I'm going to go through. Uh, I'm going to say some words and then you're going to expand on the thing. So one thing that we didn't mention in the uh, episode is that the film is based on a short story,
1: Yes, it is. It is based on a short story by Harry Bates called "Farewell to the Master." Right, the this, the ship appears. It doesn't land. It appears in Washington D.C., and then after a couple of days, uh, the the doors open seamlessly. So that's where the Hollywood film gets this idea of opening the doors seamlessly, and a ramp appears, and out comes Clartu. He, he basically says, I am Klaatu and this is Gnut because Gnut is next to him. Now, Gnut is the robot, but he is humanoid form and he's made out of some sort of green metal and he's wearing a loincloth, which suggests okay. that underneath his loincloth, he's got a full set of Gnuts.
0: <laughs> is that the reason he's called Gnut? <laughs> I think so, yep. <laughs> so so Gort is Gnut. Gnut yes, is Gort. Yes, in the short story, he's called Gnut. G- and- G-N-U-T. G-N-U-T. And in the film, he's called Gort. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so does Gort slash Gnut essentially operate in the same way? Are they, are they the same in the film and the short story? He's quite benign in the short
1: story because uh, what happens instantaneously is that Klaatu gets shot and killed.
0: <laughs> Which doesn't happen in the film. I mean, he gets shot in the film, doesn't he, immediately? He gets shot and killed in the film. I thought in the first that first encounter, he was not...
1: Oh no, he wasn't shot. killed in the first encounter. No, he wasn't. You're right. No. But he was shot and killed later.
0: Yeah. Okay. So um so Gort looks different from Gunat. Oh yes, very different. Because there's no loincloth
1: in the film, is there? <laughs> no. He's got like a metal nappy on in the film.
0: <laughs> <laughs> does he? Hang on, I just want to get a picture of it. <laughs> oh yeah, he does. That's brilliant. <laughs> Why does he have a nappy on? Oh, I don't know. That is that is so weird that he's wearing a nappy. He's got well, he's presumably got nothing to. There's there's nothing. There's you're no perplexed now, aren't you? There's no reason. <laughs> I've not been this perplexed since you told me that Data had sex in Star Trek.
1: Data's junk.
0: <laughs> so I mean, what is the point of underpants? I'm just trying to think. They are they on there so that you're. No, on no. a on a. Why do we wear underpants? Is it because we don't want to? We don't we, want to we, sit
1: on anything.
0: Yeah, we want we want our bum to be be have a have a, a layer layer of protection from our trousers. So the the, the underpants. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so getting so hung up on his underpants. <laughs> but they, I mean, he doesn't wear trousers, does he? There's know. no trousers.
1: Maybe there's some vital electronics in there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh amazing. So that's one key difference between Gort and Ganut is the underpants versus the loincloth.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and the, and the fact that
0: Clartu is dead. And the fact that Clartu is dead, yes. And buried yeah. in a mausoleum and they
1: build uh, they build a um a museum around the spaceship cuz Ganut suddenly
0: just freezes and doesn't move. So does does Klarte come back to life again in the book? Yes, ridiculously. How does he come back to life? Gnutt
1: has this way of reproducing a creature or a living thing through a recording of its noises, or Mm. in in the case of a human, its voice.
0: Okay. And so that presumably is a creative solution to wanting something to come back to life, wanting it to have some sort of realistic-ish reason but not understanding anything about DNA or. Yeah, exactly. Gene therapy. I just.
1: Yeah, it would be lovely to go back and tell the author, oh, DNA. So, Ganot does these experiments where he brings a songbird back to life by recording it and a gorilla. Brilliant. And then he brings a man, a human, back to life through a recording. And then he brings him back to life again. So, there's. So he lays all these corpses out, so there's a songbird, a gorilla, and two identical men. Wow. Uh, And then um, this uh, reporter tells him that there's a recording inside the, the coffin, so he goes and smashes the coffin open and gets this recording. But he recreates a very poor version of Klaatu.
0: Okay, what? Because the recording's not. The recording's probably MP3, isn't it? It's not. It
1: probably (laughs) is very crude. It'll be some kind of analog. Yeah. So then Uh, this reporter says if I get the device that recorded that and we can iron out the faults, you can make a better version of Klaatu.
0: Okay. Yeah, that seems like it would be really boring to watch that whole sequence. Oh, completely. And preposterous. Yeah. And, but given that we've just watched um, Robot Monster, and we've also watched in this series the the Monster and the Ape, it's, it does seem like there's a a real crossover subgenre of uh, robot films that have got gorillas in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's a so it's a shame in a way that the the Day the Earth Stood Still in 1951 didn't become part of that. That what you that wanted a rich subgenre. You wondered yeah. Actually, you're right. It's a missed opportunity, isn't it? That's that's, oh, that's, all. that's I, all.
1: I don't think it would be the groundbreaking film that it is
0: if it had a gorilla in it. That is brilliant. Now you said that G- Gnut is quite benign in the story, he and is, it, and in the film, he's not, is he? Because Clara too is quite frightened of of Gort in the film. Yeah, he is very much so. I've got Klaatu's (laughs) preposterously um, condescending speech that he gives at the end. He says, there must be security for all, and he's talking about everyone in the universe, or no one is secure. He says, your ancestors knew this when they made laws to govern themselves and hired policemen to enforce them. We of the other planets have long accepted this principle. Uh, The test of any such higher authority is, of course, the police force that supports it. For our policemen, we created a race of robots. Their function is to patrol the planets in spaceships like this one and preserve the peace. In matters of aggression, we have given them absolute power over us. This power cannot be revoked. At the first sign of violence, they act automatically against the aggressor. The penalty for provoking their action is too terrible to risk. So, essentially... He's saying there that the that Gort is part of this sort of robot police force which are patrolling all the planets and if they see any sign of trouble, they will come down on us like an absolute ton of bricks. (laughs) With underpants on. (laughs) With underpants on. So that's what he's saying. And he and and in the film as well he is he shows fear about what the robot could do. Yes, um, he has a
1: conversation in the taxi cab, and she says, "Well, what can God do without you?" And he says, "What he can do is immeasurable. It's
0: terrifying." Yeah. So, is is Gnut like that in the in the book in the short story? It's the last line in the
1: short story that kind of leaves everything hanging because. Uh,
0: so, so he, how, create, he creates yeah. a
1: version of Klaatu which dies because it's the recording's imperfect. Then he gets a new recording and he gets the machine that made the recording. So he's going to make a new version of Klaatu, but they're going to leave. And so the reporter says to Gnut, please tell your master, the new master, when you make him farewell.
0: Okay, so when you've made a new Klaatu, yeah. say goodbye
1: from say me. Say goodbye from yeah. me to your master. But yeah. Gnut bends over and he says to him, you misunderstand I
0: am the master. Right. Okay. At that point, when he bends over, does his loincloth... does he flaps <laughs> open, <laughs> and flashes his gunuts? <laughs> so, and so, what is that? So, it's he's not so benign. You mean that he? That he well, is I don't co- know.
1: It leaves it open because he's tried all of these things to, to recreate Clartu, and he's been really lovely. He, he hasn't um, he hasn't attacked the reporter, and throughout the the short story, there is this feeling that it, uh, gonna, is going to attack him, but he never does. But then it leaves this uh, concept, this idea that the robots where Klaatu comes from are the masters.
0: They're the ones that rule. Yeah. And they have this ability over life. Okay. I suppose that's similar, isn't it, to the the message in the film, except that the the it feels like Klaatu is the master of Gort in the film. Yeah. Because they've created these... As their police force. He's tentatively the master. Yes, yeah, in, in name only. Yes. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, good. And the next thing on my list of prompts is Cyborg, 2087.
1: Um, yeah, in 1966, Michael Rennie uh, would play a cyborg. Michael Rennie is the actor who plays Klato
0: Okay, so he plays a time-travelling cyborg in the film Cyborg 2087. Yep. We'll be watching that, won't we? Yeah, we'll do an episode of that. Lovely, good. One of the things that I found most joyous about the fir- my first watch of the Day the Earth Stood Still was the amount of hats that were worn in the 1950s, particularly on the news journalists. So on the, on TV news um, in the film, the the news readers just uh, on the television are wearing hats, which is lovely. So what I've got down, broadcast journalists, is another prompt. What's that about? All the broadcast journalists in that opening sequence, which are uh,
1: announcing the arrival of this uh, spacecraft, they were all real
0: journalists to give it a kind of a sense of realism. Well, that's amazing. That's cool. I mean, that's something that happens now, isn't it? You often see yeah. like yeah. A Sky News, an actual Sky News presenter or BBC News oh, yeah. journalist. So that's like, just carried on. Yeah, in films of that sort, don't you? Oh, wow. Um, that's cool. That's good. Although gonna... n- n- not so many hats. These no, days. not these days. No, I think uh, will
1: hats ever come back?
0: I don't think so. Not in the, not in the same way. No, I've got also got the words Washington flaps. Ah, now this
1: is quite interesting because a year liter- a year after uh, the release of the day the earth stood still, there was two over two weekends uh, f- UFO sightings over Washington D.C., which became known as the Washington flap.
0: And then the last prompt that you've given me, which I'm very intrigued about, just says crack and putty.
1: Yeah, to make it look seamless when the door opens on the ship, they, uh, they put a putty around the crack in the door and painted it silver so that when it opened, it would look like it's opening from nothing.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Like an early practical special effect.
1: Yeah, the putty tore apart, and, uh, which now makes me want to go back and, and see if I can see the putty
0: yeah um, I, I will never watch this film again now without being just obsessed with Gort's underpants <laughs> good okay so that is our sideborg episode done on the day the earth stood still there will be others because there are things that even Stephen Murray's massive brain missed on first on the first podcast don't forget if you want to check out some more of our podcasts there are loads available now See what we think about the robots in films like Wizard of Oz, A Perfect Woman, uh, The Day the Earth Stood Sill, um, The Fabulous Santa Claus versus the Martians. They're all there. Check them out at your leisure and convenience. And we will be back in your lug holes uh, very, very soon. So keep watching your podcast feed for more brand new episodes of 50 Years of Shit Robots. And until we meet again, goodbye. Goodbye.